David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. It is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. I rise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow and that the Russians taped it and have leverage over him. Welcome back to Information Operation. We've got our good friend and colleague, Rob Cunningham, with us today. Again, he is an expert on the crypto side of things, XRP and other tokens. Welcome, Rob. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, Todd. So I had, uh, I, well, I saw an, uh, an article on the Bitcoin ETF, and I said, I got to talk to Rob about this because, you know, depending on how you, some people like Bitcoin, some don't. I mean, it's a store of value. It doesn't have much value behind that. XRP is much more functional, which you've talked about before. But uh, it seems to me that uh, BlackRock is taking the good stuff from Bitcoin and, and, and doing some nefarious stuff with it. So talk to me about what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, in, in essence, Todd, what the, the market is attempting to do is, is retain regulatory control through all of its matrix apparatus, through the issuance of the Securities and Exchange Commission and the CFTC, and, and registering a financial product known as an exchange-traded fund, mm -hmm. and then telling the public, you know, rush into here, buy these financial products, and you too can, you know, take part in the financial revolution that, that is cryptocurrency and that is Bitcoin. And the hype and the sizzle is almost nauseating because, mm -hmm. again, they're, they're promoting something that they know the public knows very little about. They're, they're trying to sell... Uh, you know, a product that is wrapped on top of a technological innovation and make the public think that they're going to own mm -hmm. the benefits of the technological revolution when in essence they're not. Yeah. I mean, it, they're owning the bag. The bag is called the ETF, okay? The things that are in the bag, whether it's gold or commodities or stocks or bonds or Bitcoin, is owned by the issuer, not the person that owns the ETF. And so the, the I guess the deception here more than anything is to leave in the minds of the, the, the investor of the Bitcoin ETF that they own Bitcoin. Right. And they do not. And, and part of the part of the allure of Bitcoin, at least in the past, has been that you can take it out of the exchange and own it yourself. And, and really, you know, make your own wallet and have it there and, and 
and do what you want what you want with it. This you can't do that, right? The definition of an exchange traded fund is to offer indirect ownership mm -hmm. of whatever is inside that ETF wrapper. Indirect ownership is the same thing as not being pregnant. I mean, mm -hmm. you're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. You're either owner or you're not owner. And if you buy an ETF, you own an ETF share. You don't own what's inside. Right, right, right. You know, and that in and of itself, I think, is the greatest deception because they are trying to, you know, wet, you know, satisfy the appetite of investors who are just now hearing about this new asset class, this remarkable, you know, transformational asset class that's based on the idea of decentralized ledger technology, decentralizing all the power and control that these central bankers have had for a hundred plus years. And and let the individual owners be their own bankers without all the intermediaries involved. But again, they are selling the sizzle. They're selling the deception. They're maintaining matrix control and letting the public and the retail investor believe that they're getting the benefits of this revolutionary technology when in fact they aren't getting the benefits of it. And one of the things <laughs> as a former trader myself that people don't realize these, these ETFs, when you buy and sell them, there's huge spreads in there. So they're, they're taking, you know, big profits, um, you know, you, you, where you buy and you sell is a huge difference. And, and that is pocketed by the person who's controlling the ETF. So it's really not a good trading vehicle, uh, especially, you know, short term, because because it just takes away any short-term gains that you may have in the, in the well it's not good for the retail investor it's great for the financial institutions <laughs> right of course yeah they're making money head on hand over fist and and yeah. you know Todd, this is so important for the average investor that's just now kind of starting to tune in and ask mm -hmm. questions about this is think about it there's really only been three asset classes you know or four if you will the stocks bonds cash and mm -hmm. commodities mm -hmm. okay now there's going to be stocks bonds cash commodities and crypto mm -hmm. OK, Br introducing cryptocurrency as a brand new category in portfolio management is, I mean, you can't underestimate the importance of that. If all of a sudden, instead of being a 60-40 bond stock you know, mix because of your, your age, now it's going to be what's your bond stock crypto mix. So think of one or two or three percent. You know, if, if BlackRock or Fidelity or Vanguard or Bank of America were to tell their stockbrokers and financial advisors, you know, the optimal mix is now to have 3% in your portfolio of crypto. I mean, 3% of $100 trillion is a hell of a lot of money. Sure as heck is. It's a hell yeah. of a lot of money. So mm -hmm. we are at a cataclysmic shift here, but the way we're structuring this with all the rules and regulations and the securities act of 1940 and all of this the, the whole matrix apparatus is still mm -hmm. front and center and owning and controlling this new asset class rather than me and you todd having direct ownership of the revolutionary technology we're getting to sort of have a, a shadow derivative benefit of all the hype without actual real ownership of the asset itself. Before we move on, I I was remiss and I, I was gonna ask you to tell us about your show before we get going further. Tell us about the cool show, when it comes on, when people can see it, all of that. Sure, sure. Well, uh, you can find it at cool.show and that cool is spelled K-U-W-L. You know, it, it's a, it was birthed out of a passion for this topic. My 
financial background, my research background, my mm -hmm. fascination with, with fintech, monetary policy, economic freedom, geopolitics. Mm -hmm. So I launched it in um, early, I think January of 2023. Uh, it's a fledgling website, but it links to all of my research, which is free. I have about 200 articles on my Substack channel. Mm -hmm. uh, I do, you know, interviews all over the country and all over the world with different podcasters. They invite me on and we talk about issues related to monetary policy and the different crypto projects and geopolitics and fraud and corruption. And, you know, what really, you know, if we take it all the way back, Todd, to why Jesus was killed five days after he turned over the money changers, it's because money makes this world go round. Right. Yeah, for sure. The old adage is follow the money. So real true cryptocurrencies and distributed ledger technology stands at the precipice of flipping the money changer table over as they exist today in 2024. And if we want to really try to get an idea of why the hell has the world gone stark raving mad and crazy, it's because the money changers of today don't want their tables flipped. They want to maintain control. They don't want the decentralization of assets where I become my own banker. They want me dependent on the system. Right. Okay. And really, at the end of the day, if you follow the money, wars, open borders, you know, famines, alien invasions. I mean, everything that you want to think about that's going on that's a distraction to the real core issue is who controls the money system because. If, if anyone wants to drain the swamp and the swamp is global, then you must address the food supply to the swamp and that's money. And at the end of the day, all roads lead to Rome because that's where all the power of the money is, you know? And Well, yeah. So uh, how many of us have been at a dinner with a client or whatever, and your credit card doesn't work or you, or you get massive fees unexpected from the bank or, I mean, they're just, as you say, just, uh, taking a, 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 you know, a chunk out of everything you do, and it's extremely profitable. Well, to, to that point, Todd, uh, research indicates, and this isn't me, this is International Monetary Fund and World Bank and, and MasterCard and Visa type research. Globally speaking, writ large on average, if you look at credit card swipes, ACH, wire transfer, you know, payroll, uh, moving money around the world, whether it's locally, internationally, domestically, you know, wire transfers, payroll, mm -hmm. the average four companies, four main companies in the world get between five and 7%. Mm -hmm. Every single time money is moved from point A to point B. That is obscene, obnoxious, grotesque, and the amount of money and power that goes into the hands of those just for the permission of going click, click, have, just because they own a username and a password and they can click and you can send $250 to your grandma in Jacksonville via Zelle or Venmo mm -hmm. or a MasterCard swipe or whatever, they get on globally on average 5 to 7%. That is one hell of a racket. Yeah, it is. Know, and and we've got cryptocurrencies and distributed ledger technology promises to potentially get that as close to free as possible. 
Do you and, think that might be why Elizabeth Warren is, is <laughs> against crypto? You think? I <laughs> doing the two-step tango to try to yeah. they want to now. And another point, here's Jamie Dimon saying if he was in charge, he would get rid of crypto while he owns crypto exchanges and crypto funds and crypto projects. And he sent 18 executives to San Francisco to try to buy out Ripple and XRP. And when his offer was rebuffed, being the largest member of the Federal Reserve System, war was, was waged against Ripple and XRP with the SEC and lawfare and character assassination and a marketing campaign to just eviscerate the reputation in the eyes of the public as to who Ripple and XRP are and what they do and mm -hmm. what their purpose is. Here's a guy that wanted to buy them, and now he's in bed with Ethereum, who's in bed with the CCP, who's in bed with Consensus, who's in bed with a bunch of bad folks, uh, but Ripple's the bad actor and Jamie Dimon wants to get rid of crypto. Yeah, come on, yeah. Come on. it doesn't even make any sense. So what else should people know about today in the crypto world? Well, um, there's a again, Thursday, I think, was the very first day of trading ever. 11 out of 11 uh, applicants that wanted to trade Bitcoin exchange traded funds were authorized to start trading on Thursday. Um, immediately, right out of the gate, Vanguard says, nope, can't trade them. It's against our philosophy. We, we, we don't endorse it. Uh, Fidelity said, no, we're not letting our customers trade this product, even though it's approved by the SEC and there's all this hype. Bank of America said, nope, we're going to spend, nah, you can't trade. Uh, so the games that are being made with, we're going to be approved, you're not going to be approved. The SEC's website got hacked, you know, we're going to approve them. No, we're not going to approve them. Then the very next day, they approve them. They yeah. wiped out. I mean, they might have wiped out $100 million worth of, of short and long positions of traders trying to buy options and sell shorts on which direction, you know, Bitcoin price might go based on just the SEC's website being hacked or their X account being hacked. And somebody published all ETFs are approved. And 10 minutes later, the SEC chairman, Gary Gensler, comes out and goes, no, they weren't. Somebody hacked our, hacked our account. Well, you know how fast markets can move in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. People liquidated their shorts and they bought longs and they had to liquidate their longs and go, oh, my God, what do we do? I mean, a hundred mil hundreds of millions of dollars was lost with this hack. And then they go public and three of the biggest financial firms in the world won't let their clients touch the product that they just launched. Yeah, so, I'd love to see the uh, the the list of who was, you know, on the other side of that trade and, and raking in the money, you know, uh, on those on those leaks or hacks or whatever you want to call it. Whatever we want to call them. So yeah. I guess the point is 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 the public should be very leery. They should be very cautious. They should understand who the players are, uh, whose ox is about to be gored in the event there was true distributed ledger technology mm -hmm. with utility that got rid of the need for this. I mean, Todd, in essence, that five to 7%, that, that money that Visa and MasterCard make, that's called fat. All of that friction is profit of the system itself. Mm -hmm. And these companies live on that fat. 
What crypto and utility projects and distributed ledger technology offers is to eliminate that fat. So just for our audience sake, you could have your own device or wallet or whatever you want to call it. You wouldn't deal with a bank and you'd pay with a token for everything. And you, you wouldn't get, you know, the 3% visa charge. I mean, there might be a fee transactional fee, but it wouldn't be 3%, right? So that that is what we're talking about here, essentially. We're going point to point, person to person. Into, Todd, what the promise that awaits us is sending money as simply and easily as we send a text message for almost free. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, there you go. 24 7, 365 without a permission slip from the Cathedral of Chase Manhattan, you know, or the boys at Bank of America. We don't have to have that intermediary. We can do it at night. We can do it at weekends. We can do it whenever we want because A, it's our property. Yeah. B, it's my value. If I want to send it to you, your great grandmother, to a buddy of mine in Brazil, it's my property. I ought to be able to do it. The problem is, is as you will. Well, no, without getting right. And yeah. if the banks and there's terms and conditions and it's really an IOU and the bank can do whatever they want to. They can bail it in. They can take it away. They can they can double the total supply and debase the hell out of the currency. They can print like crazy and make inflation and they can make booms and busts in the stock market. They can play all kinds of games because they invented the system. The, the promise of cryptocurrency and distributed ledger technology is changing the world from a fiat world to a sound money world. Mm -hmm. And the last thing in the world, the bankers that run this world want is for their gig to be up. So our audience may not realize, and just for people who are not that financially sophisticated, or at least on crypto, with the ETF, um, you don't own the asset. So you know if the exchange goes down, or whoever is owning the underlying asset for you, you lose it, right? right. So that's what happened in the, uh, what was it? The crypto guy, crypto bro who stole billions. Um, FTX, is that right? FTX, I mean, right. Sam, uh, Sam, Sam Bankman-Fried. Essentially, right. everybody's like, don't buy crypto because you'll lose it. Well, you lost it because you, were, you had it at his exchange and he went under. So you didn't own the underlying asset, which you can do with crypto yourself. Right. And there's a yeah. saying in the industry that says, not your keys, not your crypto. Mm -hmm. If you don't have your cold wallet, which is an off exchange, you know, mm -hmm. wallet that you control, that's cryptographically safe and secure, mm -hmm. and it requires a 24, you know, word password seed phrase. If you lose that, yeah, it's gone forever. No one can have it. No one will ever find it. I have my 24 word seed phrases on my cold wallet, which protects me. It's like my vault. Right. Okay? And if I, there are stories out there, Todd, of people losing $250 million because they, they, they couldn't, they got like 10 tries to remember their password. They, they couldn't find it. They lost their seed phrase and they lost their $250 million. Because I, saw, I saw a video where a guy, a crypto, you know, uh, podcaster, I guess is the right word had his seed phrase on a piece of paper and he was, he didn't realize it and everybody saw it. And so by the time he offended us, his video it was gone. Oh, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Wow. Wow. Just uh, so, yeah, you got it. It's, it's, but it's your money. That's the thing. It, they can't do anything with it and you can take it with you. Um, you, you can take it overseas. You can do whatever you want with it. Right. Right. Correct. You can access it from anywhere in the world that you have access to a computer. And, you know, one other thing, 
Todd, I want to put in the minds of people right now to really understand is I, I think this is not a bold statement to say that the media is not our friend. Oh, yeah. The, the media, in it, no matter what the topic is, they're not going to tell us the truth. They're going to tell us who their controllers mm -hmm. uh, tell them to, to tell us, right? They're going to report what they're told to report. There is a massive whistleblower campaign going on that basically says ET that, that ETH, Ethereum, will be a thousand times worse than FTX. Hmm. Right? The nefarious characters involved, the smoke and mirrors, the 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 corruption, the everything about the organization, who's involved in it, the CCP, the genesis block of who issued the very first Ethereum tokens, who is Vitalik Buterin, one of the, the so-called founder, who's Joseph Lubin. We have Swiss citizens, Canadian citizens, CCP actors, and JP Morgan Chase playing footsies with the SEC and the CFTC and feeding garbage, if you will, to CNBC and all of these business news channels talking about how great Ethereum and Bitcoin are, okay? Todd, over the last eight, 10 years, there's 30, 20, 30, 40,000 crypto projects, but all we get to hear about 99% of the time is Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin, mm -hmm. Ethereum, okay? Yeah. Because the, the PSYOP, the programming for retail is to conflate the whole industry and all $40,000 projects down to Bitcoin and Ethereum. Okay. What if those two are frauds? What if they want us to think and conflate those two coins or those two projects? Well, then the system only has to manipulate or capture, you know, or regulate or reign over these two projects. And what if those are rug pulls? Yeah. If the number two largest by market cap project, Ethereum, is a thousand times worse than FTX. That would wreck an industry that the central bankers want wrecked because the, the, the cryptocurrency challenges their incumbency in their world order. And so uh, I just want your audience to, to please be careful, do your homework, know who you're taking advice from. Uh, it, it's... It, we're talking about all the money in the world. This is the total addressable market that we're talking about. Yeah. All the derivatives, bonds, stocks, land, real estate, gold, silver, oil, futures, contract, options, everything. We're The total addressable market is every asset on earth. How is it going to move and how is it going to be transferred? Who's going to own it? What is this internet of value? And they want to tokenize all that so that they control it. Well, tokenization yeah. is okay by itself. To, I mean, here's the thing. Going forward, mm -hmm. every asset in the world, let's say in 10 years from now, every asset in the world, everything is going to be either on-chain or off-chain. Mm -hmm. Okay? All things being equal, being on-chain adds value to the owner. It means there's the, the asset that you own is more liquid and you can transfer it quicker. You can go to market and you have liquidity on that car title, that go that stock certificate, your house, you know, your boat, your percentage, your stock in your private company. Liquidity offers you the ability to transfer ownership like that.
-hmm. All things being equal, look, you know, tokenization is good, but you have to know who owns the tokens. The right. devil's in the detail of is the, if the token is owned by an ETF and the ETF is owned by a bank, then tokenization's bad in that instance yeah. because the bank or the issuer owns the ETF with the tokens in it. If I retain the rights to all of my tokenized assets, then tokenization is good because now I have liquidity and I can move my assets and trade them around and transfer them around. And if there's a market for whatever, my Air Jordan 4s, my 1% of the Mona Lisa, and it spikes in value, I want to get rid of it instead of taking four weeks to license it and register it and right. get approvals and mother may I's. Liquidity adds value to the owner of anything that is tokenized. But again, we can't let tokenization get away from us and have someone else own the token. Rob, thank you. Tell us again what the website for the show. Yeah, it's cool.show. And uh, if you want to go to x.com, uh, again, it's just K-U-W-L-S-H-O-W. Uh, read through my timelines, look at who I follow, and uh, just it, think of it as a big swimming pool. Jump in, dive in, get comfortable, start reading, and you'll start learning. And your eyes will be open as to what you're learning versus what you're not hearing on mainstream media. And it's Unfortunately, Todd, it's incumbent on all of us to take ownership of our research. And if we don't do it, if we don't know what we believe, someone else will give you a belief system. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We've yeah. seen that across the board in multiple areas, especially right. over the last three years. Rob, thank you. We'll have you back in a few weeks. Thank you, Todd. All right. Take care. Take care.